Welcome to the Hunter's Hub uh, side quest uh, episode at Hat in Time. I don't remember the episode number because it's been a little while. But hey, we're going to talk about Hat in Time. This is uh, your host, Fortuan, and <laughs> joined as usual by my co-host, Haru. It is not I, Haru. It is Mafia, here to justify all the accents of the previous co-host who is now unavailable. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Mafia and uh, co-host Toaster, how you doing? Hello, attractive people. I am tired and super tired. Mafia is very attractive. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I talk about tired. I did the uh, the magic uh, midnight pre-release last night, and then took nice. care of my kids all day. So that's been fun. But yeah, I got home like at four a.m. Kids woke me up at seven. <laughs> So that's been fun. Anyways, we're here to talk about Hat in Time, not Magic. <laughs> um, so uh, Hat in Time, uh, just in general, for those who don't know, is like an old school N64 collectathon. Is my one sentence Platformer. description. And so what? Do, what do you? Very, very invested in making references to GameCube titles. <laughs> True. I don't yes. think I can. I can't even remember all of the references to like Super Mario Sunshine. I probably didn't door. even catch half of the references. Uh, there's a lot. Most most everything is a reference or an homage of some sort. Yeah. And it has been fun. Uh, I actually beat the game. How about you guys? I did. Yes. I got Excellent. all 120. I mean, 40 stars. Uh, I didn't actually get all the stars, unfortunately. I think I'm missing a couple. Okay. I don't remember what I got. I think I got 38. Maybe it was 40. I don't know. I might have all of them. I have to mute my phone, though, because the phone decides it's time to interrupt recording. Excellent. Phones are just jerks that way. Of course. Uh, But other than that, I I really enjoyed it. (laughs) It's... It was a fun time, and unfortunately, kind of short. I think that was my my only real big disappointment with it. Yeah, it was yeah. a bit short, unless you didn't like collectible stuff. But I mean, for, for indie first time studio, it's pretty pretty meaty game. Yeah, was it was it actually their first time, their first thing? I think so. Well, as the studio, wow. I'm sure they have past works. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I only have 35. I just got online and checked. It's uh, Gears for Breakfast. They were a Kickstarter, a crowdfunder, or a pay me to make this. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so, overall, I'm guessing our overall interpretation is this is a good game. Because so far, the only complaint we have is it's kind of small, short. <laughs> you know. I, I mean, I have some other complaints, but... Um they're not like serious complaints and some of that is the platform I played on let's start with the complaints then because this is a very positive game so I want to end on like all the positive stuff sure so you want to askew the results yes <laughs> I okay. am an unbiased person <laughs> <laughs> okay so um, one of my biggest complaints for me was controls that I had on the PC Um, I actually played with keyboard and mouse, which normally isn't an issue, but 
It has this thing that other games do much better, and I don't know why this one had such a problem with it, but it it's supposed to lock your mouse within that screen unless you go to a menu or something where your mouse is a free movement to pick something. Then I could go like to another window or something because I have a dual screen setup on my PC. And it worked fine to, to sort of lock it, but there are times where it locked it but didn't lock it. As in, I couldn't just see my mouse, but it was actually able to interact with other things on my computer. So I'd be in a fight, especially a couple boss fights, where I'm trying to be like a little bit more precise on my attacks and jumps and that kind of stuff. And it would click like uh, Twitch, and Twitch would open up. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 I don't... (laughs) I'm like, I'm fighting my computer and the boss. It's like... (laughs) So I had to hit escape, fix everything, like sort of minimize it, re- you know, like there was stuff like that that I had problems with. I also had problems with the dive attack in the game. Um, I don't know if that was just a me thing or just in general the controls I was using, but the dive attack seemed to be a more, far more difficult to pull off than I would like to have been. I actually did have some issues with the dive attack, and I was playing on PS4 for people's reference. Are you guys... A mouse problem. Are you guys talking about the dive that you can just do whenever you're in the air, or the like pressing the homing attack? The homing attack, yeah. where you're you're near an enemy and it sort of dives at them, which it's in my opinion is the most useful attack in the whole game. Like I don't think anything can hurt you once you're doing that. It's also yeah. useful when you are trying to get over something and actually damage somebody. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't, there was that was most of my complaints. I mean, the other complaints are I don't really. It was kind of short, and then there were certain sections of the game where I was just like, "Eh, I'm not so into this." Like there was a stealth mission that I was like, "Eh, could they oh. have just not?" Like I get what they're doing. Like they're trying to you know change up the gameplay, but like. I like that you called the stealth mission instead of the spooky mission. Oh yeah, oh, the uh, no. Luigi's Mansion mission. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. That's that's the no. That one I forgot about until you just said it. Um, mm-hmm. That one, that one was legitimately spooky. So like, I kind of was okay with it. I'm more talking about the train level. Oh um, yeah. Um, that and, the, you know, when you're in the studio and you're getting a bill for every time you get hit, which is funny <laughs> at first, but then eventually I was like, how, I felt like really bad. Like, how am I ever going to repay this? Like, well, that, was just <laughs> a, that was just a joke. They never actually like deduct yeah. your coins. I know, but you don't know that till you get through that level. I figured because <laughs> it, takes you, it takes you going through a whole world first and then, uh, then after uh, you know you get through a whole world, you see the amount of money they're finding, and you're like, "There's no way." <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I didn't. I got caught once, and it was like a thousand or something like that. And I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, holy cow! How am I going to deal with this?" Like, I did that very level very well, but then you get the the whatever thousand just for breaking the grate, and then the, the whatever thousand like. For do- oh, there's yeah. c- certain ones that were unavoidable and I was like oh my gosh like what am I going to do <laughs> and then I, it ends and it's like okay we'll just askew that and I'm like oh 
Okay. But, like, before that happened, I was actually kind of stressed. Like, am I going to have to farm? Now that you're uh, mentioning it, it actually is sort of... It could be a reference to Super Paper Mario on the Wii, where you did sort of have to farm off a debt in the uh, third chapter, second or third chapter. Huh. Okay. I, I never played it, so I wouldn't have known that it was a reference. So I was just like stressed. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not that, like a very direct it. reference. It's more like it It could be inspired by, like I could see it being inspired by, but obviously I don't know the developers. Right. So that was my biggest complaints. Like, I don't think I had a lot of other complaints. That was about it for me. Again, not only was it short, but I did have a, a couple issues with Lock-On. I think there's a couple of glitches that weren't originally present. Um, and I'm not sure what was going on because there was a couple things I was like, that's not where he is intended. Um, one example, I never got to equip more than one badge. I bought the paperclip and I don't know if it's because I bought it before I gained a badge, but I never was able to equip more than one badge. The thing that let you clip on more than one badge to your hat didn't add yeah. a second slot and then the third slot never unlocked. So well, that's did, a weird glitch. Did you tab over on the badge select? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't very intuitive. It it didn't let me. It wouldn't let me select the other one. Huh. Weird. Um. But other than that, I mean, I I got I beat the whole game with one badge, so clearly I'm decent at this game. (laughs) True. Yes. uh, I did it with three. I am a scum lord. (laughs) I I enjoyed the heck of it. I also like the challenge you could by just turning on the death wish badge which uh gave you what's it called uh it, one it just hit gave you one hit left like yeah. that's it sadly yeah. i couldn't play the dlc uh well, the DLC i didn't even, even try out on on consoles yep that's why it's i didn't even try on... i was going to but i didn't the developers say they're currently porting it to switch so Yay! It's a small I'm team. I'm assuming once the Switch still supported everywhere else. I wish I had played this on Switch. I'm just gonna say that. Like I, I love everything on Switch. Um, so... I will say, uh, real quick, I did do some uh, research into an, a similar game from Kickstarter meant to inspire Banjo Kazooie nostalgia, which was um, Ukulele. Not as good. Uh, I will just say that, like, I actually got severely just disinterested and kind of bored with ukulele. Like, has been popular uh, opinions with Fortran. <laughs> uh, I didn't know this was a popular opinion, oh, yeah. considering it was a record breaker Kickstarter. That's the, that's why people are disappointed. <laughs> like, uh, I was just, I don't know. First. Like, I got to the second world, and I was just like, okay, I'm kind of done. Like, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, it felt empty in comparison. It's like, if you're trying to make a Banjo-Kazooie, like, uh, you know, style, hey, modern game, um, Hat in Time did it ten times better than Ukulele. I mean, so, I've never played Banjo Kazooie, but I don't think this is a reference to that because it's so overtly a reference to Mario games. No, and but Banjo Kazooie to a lot of people was considered like the epitome of that style of game, uh, including myself. Uh, over Mario sixty four, even Mario sixty four kind of started it, 
and then I think Banjo Kazooie almost mastered it. Um, kind of weird in Banjo Tooie, but still really good. Uh, this is my opinion, obviously, but uh, I kind of felt like a Hat in Time was just better <laughs> in general. <laughs> also, so just overall, on a Hat in Time, there's four worlds. It's uh, sort of Mafia, Mario Sunshine. <laughs> And there's the bird Hollywood with a lot of puns and weird references. And then the third yeah, one, is the, that one is the spooky forest. That's sort of like the the ghosts or those enemies in the chests in the uh, in a, a thousand year door. Yes. And all their text boxes are purple like that. And the last one is it fe- <laughs> entering the last level felt like journey. Uh, yeah. It- it's very. I mean, it reminds me. Oh gosh, I, I can't. There was a specific game it reminded me of, but I mean, it's like um, I don't know. It's kind of like the this the the bird area. It felt like in in um, Legend of Zelda, um, Breath of the Wild, like the bird area, like the sort of cloudy up area. Like I don't know. It kind of it kind of reminded me of that. Uh, well, it's other... very vertical. There's more to do, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's very vertical. It's 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 also weird. It's a pseudo open map design. Also, it's like it doesn't tell you what to do. You just see something, and you're like, "I'm gonna go to that place." Yes. <laughs> yeah. The. the I... It felt sort of like. Uh, the level that they had developed after making the other levels and maybe they gained a bit more technical prowess to make a larger right. map. It wasn't open world in the sense that there's a lot of flat space to walk through. It was just no, sort of like... No, it just wasn't... It could let you go in any direction and you go hop on these zip lines and you'd go from one island to the next. Which are well, in themselves sort, sort of, of linear pathways. Right, you weren't sort of like picking a star in quotations and then doing that mission like the rest of the game. You were actually just plopped into the world saying, hey, figure it out, ta-da. Like, oh, man, that just made me realize, Toaster, you had to do that pretty much only having the badge that allowed you to hook with the umbrella. That's correct. I didn't. Oh, my gosh. The only badge I used was the hook pad, basically, for most of the game. Well, because oh that's the one gosh. that's required for you to beat the game, and they make you yes. equip it, like, optionally, which is a weird thing. I don't know why they didn't just, like, use a different binding. Well, yeah. yeah. Or just make it an ability that she has without a badge. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was another badge I used a lot once I finally got it, and that would be the time stop, or the time stop badge. It's technically a time slowdown badge, but you can do it, yeah. You know, I got it. I never used it once. Yeah, there wasn't um, like a you're supposed to use this here level. Final boss fight. Easy. Oh, oh yeah, well, I guess, yeah, that's yeah. true. I think I used it there. A <laughs> bit. I didn't use it. I just did it straight, and I did pretty well. <laughs> but before we get to the final boss fight, um, the story premise from this game, it's sort of like a Mario game in that you get the setup in the first level and the villain, they steal stuff, and also, your ship crash- crashes like it's a Metroid game, <laughs> and you have to collect all the sunshine sprites to power your sw- ship, spaceship to fly off to wherever and else. Everybody thinks they want to keep him because they got powers. 
Oh yeah, right. that was the. It's like it turned into like a time travel story. It's like we have the power, we must use it. Uh, like everyone coveted the uh, the stars or the shine sprites and things. I mean, it makes sense. It's uh, pretty important stuff. <laughs> and she was using it as fuel. <laughs> I mean, if you got to go past the speed of light, why not use time? True. Uh, but it, it was it was very silly. Like a lot of like plot points, they just threw in there because they needed something and they wanted to go with something silly. And I like I enjoyed that. Um, I think my favorite was the bird one. Like because of the change of pace and the amount of different gameplay things you had to adapt to. Yeah, the it, bird it level. Made, it, it seems like the most, like the least referential part of the game. Uh, and I don't think the game's references really hurt it. I think they kind of took stuff and made it their own. Yeah. I like the conductor a lot. Oh, he yeah. He's cool. Who'd you guys end up backing, by the way? Conductor. I ended DJ Grooves, because... Uh, I mean... I don't... Like, I like train levels. Train levels are fun. But... Um, they didn't seem to have much of an argument... Besides, I'm old. <laughs> Gruz is the one who ended up winning. Gruz yeah. is the conductor. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. spoiler... DJ, uh, DJ Gruz. DJ Gruz, sorry. Spoiler uh, alert. Uh, whoever you pick in the second chapter ends up being the boss for the end of it. And I think they just have hmm. the same boss fight. They just like put the different model in, into it. Yes, basically. But uh, it was. I like. I didn't. I actually had to look this up. They changed the final set piece. So like, while one's set in a saloon, the other set in a disco club. Yeah. Okay. I got the uh, disco club. I got the saloon. I don't actually remember that part too well. Yeah. The, the um, boss fights in this game are freaking brutal. Like yeah, it's oh, yeah, most of the game is spent jumping around and having fun and being all chillax, and then uh, suddenly, you know, just intense fight, go, go time. They're super fast. Yeah. Oh, uh, the one yeah. that blew my mind was um, the end of the forest. Wow. Oh, <laughs> the porta potty? <laughs> no, no, the end of the forest. Oh, where you're fighting him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was... That was a rough fight. That took me a couple tries. You're like, fighting one of the heroes from Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door. <laughs> yes. Essentially. Yeah, th- I mean, the, yeah, the witch lady. Uh, yeah. It's like, fools! Not the witch lady, the... Um, the, the, the giant purple ghost. I'm not sure if... He was the person that the witch queen uh, imprisoned in the lore. It's not super direct. I was thinking you were talking about because I don't know Pat Thousand Year Door that well. I've only just watched a Game Grumps playthrough of it. Right. Um, but they they did have the the there was the three witches that were like ghosts. I thought you were talking about the 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 witch the witch that uh, joins your team eventually. Well, yeah, those those are, they're, I guess they're also purple ghosts, but I was talking, like, when you open the chests and you get cursed, that are the Metroidvania and 
transformation abilities in Thousand Year Door. Like those oh, okay. characters. Like they, they say fools, and this character is also fools. I love his voice. He, he had a funny premise because he was like, okay, I'm going to take your soul. And oh my gosh, I, I have never cracked up so much as when you get your soul back because it's like you feel empty inside as your soul leaves you. And then it, when it comes back, it's like you feel the normal amount of empty inside. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> the, the, some of the writing in this game is really, really sharp. Oh, yeah. I like the, uh, oh yeah, we uh, sometimes just steal letters from people and give them to my minions to make it feel like someone cares about them. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the ever self-aware reference to like Nintendo game, old Nintendo game styles. It's like, you pull the Switch out of the pile and put it in your bag. Your collection of improv comedy props grows stronger. <laughs> what, was, what was that? I don't remember that one actually, huh? That's just a random, like, activating part of the scenery dialogue box uh, yeah. in the Mafia yeah. boss level. Uh, wait, which, what did you play it on, uh, by the way, Haru? I forget. Just PlayStation. Oh, okay. I was hoping some of you played it on Switch, but... It's not out on Switch. It no. isn't out yet on Switch. Oh, that's right. I totally would have. I. That's kind of why I wanted to play Ukulele, because it was on Switch. And then, like, I got it, and it's like... Of those ten games I got around the Christmas time, it's the one I regret. And I bought the Bob Blob thing for a penny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but so, what did you think of the? Uh, just moving on from that, what did you guys think of the uh, the two aesthetic parts, the visuals and the music? The visuals music were was amazing. Great. I like how we both went different directions on that. Let's yeah. talk about the music. <laughs> Uh, so music was great. Um, it was very it, it sort was of really light and bouncy. Yeah, it it definitely like was very evoking like a Mario soundtrack or like Mario Galaxy, but a little bit more obviously not orchestral. They're like an indie team, uh, but it was like very uh, spacey and uh, what's like a cartoon that would have a soundtrack or a. Animaniacs? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> hmm. I didn't think that. I just meant like, I like that it's so relaxed. I like that it's very, because it's it's trying to be a friendly game. It's trying to leave you with a smile because heck, it doesn't like hurting people. She just she likes making do, friends. Do you do you know another game that was like that that had really good music that everyone talks about from that say, era that that's inspired from? What's that? Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> I've never played a single Banjo Kazooie game, so. Uh... Oh, the music on that's so good, and it's very, very much like this. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty good. Uh, even the the uh, the the creepy like hide around the house level, like that music was just. <laughs> it was creepy, but like at the same time, it wasn't like overbearing. I would say. It still had that tune behind it, I guess, but yeah. I think my favorite uh, song in the, in the game is that second, uh, no, no, the first uh, DJ Grooves mission in the second world, uh, where you're just sort of bouncing around and getting autographs, and like you're sort of like doing uh, 
like point platforming, and you have to get enough points to yeah. Uh, level. When you're trying to really become like a celebrity. Yeah, and that level's yeah. actually on the moon. This uh, I could you, like if you look up, you see the Earth in the sky. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very it's... spacey and bubbly. Yeah. Yeah, it was just good stuff. Like I can't, I for me like the soundtrack was really good, but See, I don't I know like the parade one. Yeah, I was, I was thinking. I think the parade one about. stood out to me. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were to talk about the one where you're being the diva. Oh no! Well, it's in the same. It's in the same setting. The parade level was a freaking nightmare. <laughs> it was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, I hated that one of the uh, the one of the time zones or whatever was the same mechanic. Ugh, uh, that was rough. Oh, the the you mean like the very overt Mario Sunshine like uh, hardcore platforming levels? Yes. Yeah, the owls following you in that level was just brutal. <laughs> um, I like that they joined you in the boss fight at the end of that world as well. Oh man, yeah, it was it was intense. Oh, they did, didn't they? That sucked. Oh my god, that <laughs> that's the worst boss fight, and like it's like so mean. I'm like you can't. There's no checkpoint in the middle. It's it's do the whole thing at once or uh, <laughs> or die. Back to the Stone Age. Um, I had an issue with the. Uh, what's it called? I had an issue with the uh, the Heights world. It was beautiful and the music was great. It was real idle. But my issue was I couldn't find where I was supposed to go and the music didn't actually help. Because the music sometimes changes, but sometimes you'll think it'll change. And then you'll be like, oh, I'm in the right area. And then you wander like, you know, 30 minutes. You're like, oh, no, I was not, I was not happy right away. I actually did not have any problems with that world at all. In fact, that was my favorite one. Because um, to me, it was like he dropped in. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go there because I can see a timepiece up there. So I went there. Like, it was just like you just go to the different islands. Like, the the different, like, major sets of islands because they all had a different aesthetic. Like, there was the volcano. There was the weird, grassy, bell-looking one. Uh, like... There was a there was a bunch of I don't know, that was just me though like I just I enjoyed that one a lot um, it was definitely my favorite but those oxes are jerks yeah <laughs> like how they just slap you up like nope get away it didn't hurt you but there's one of the time zones where those are like just walking back and forth and they'll just knock you off <laughs> just <laughs> I hate that they they don't hurt you. But nine out of ten times they throw me off the world. So yeah, that's <laughs> basically what this time zone did. It was like okay with the uh, with the double jump. I didn't find any of the platforming segments very hard after the first part. No, I didn't have problems with the platforming itself. It's just sometimes finding like where I'm supposed to go. Yeah, right. There's some more oblique secrets. Uh, I kind um, of... The one I actually had to look up was the the cat one from the floating island because I'm like, I know where this cat area is. Turns out there is two exact same cat areas with the exact same color scheme and the exact same background. 
Oh. I forgot the second one existed because I went to the one that was actually the like labeled the cat area. Oh, yeah, I just sort of like, I think I remember how to get there, and I just found it after searching for 10 minutes, and I was like, cool. That wasn't the wrong one, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that one, I will say, my least favorite enemy is the cats. Yeah. Oh, because, God, yes. Because of the controls, I had such so, a hard time hitting them, and it would be like, I'd have to, eventually, start, I got decent at it where I would just stand still, wait for them to appear, and click. Uh, wait. Yeah, that, that was sort of how you had to do it on console as well. It wasn't the controls, I would say. It's just they're a super aggressive enemy that turns invisible and sort of unhittable. So that's to... by the way, that's also uh, that's also a great time to uh, learn learn how to use the time stop mechanic. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. All right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have it towards the end till that, towards the end of that level. But yeah, that was, and I never used it. I just got the hat, and I was like, okay, I guess there will be some point in which I use this. And it was like, oh, end of the game. Oh, all right. <laughs> um. So we wanted to talk about the graphics way upon a star. Yes. Um. It's a pretty I, game. It is very pretty. It has some of the great... It's like if, you know, I'm going to say it again, Banjo-Kazooie or Mario 64 was made in this day and age with, like, those kind of cartoony graphics, but just done better. <laughs> you know, like, resolution-wise and that kind of stuff. It's also super clean. Oh, yeah. Everything, they just try to make it clean. I will say, except for the villain... I was legitimately creeped out by Mustache Girl. What? Just gonna not, say. Not Tracer? <laughs> not Tracer? Her voice is so close to Tracer, it blows my mind. You know, it's been so long since I've played Overwatch that... Yeah. Did I ever tell you guys? I played a lot of Overwatch. <laughs> like, like I was like, really into it for a while. She's going on about the greater good and wanting to defeat the Mafia in like every single time she started talking I'm like is she going to ask me to be a hero? <laughs> huh. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, I mean she does have a British accent, but uh but like the dark little dudes in the in the forest were cute. Uh I yes. mean their boss wasn't actually cute. He was he was alright, but he was he, he was still fun and he like treated his people nice and that's what I thought was like so we can cute about that I like the owls uh, I like the uh, the blues brothers penguins those were all cool looking yeah um, I was going back to the fingers. going back to the graphics for a moment I think oh, now obviously it's an in, yeah I mean you guys are kind of right. talking about different parts of the game characters yeah uh, go ahead but like obviously uh, it's an indie project but I think, like, even Mario Sunshine looks markedly better than this. I mean, again, Indie Project, I, I respect that they had, sure. like, a small team and they were able to make enough assets and models to make each of the areas look distinct. But, I mean, this game obviously isn't, like, visually uh, impressive. Like, the faces are kind of 2D sprites. Sure. And some of the modeling is crude. Uh, it's just kind of got bright colors. I, I do admit it does look very indie. 
I was kind of okay with that because it felt like it was. It sounds. It's, it's going to sound weird. It felt like uh, more care was put into it because it was an indie project versus like Mario Sunshine. You expect it to look good because oh, well, of course it's Mario Sunshine. It's made by Nintendo. But then, had, but isn't I that was like it was kickstarted and it was a tiny company? Isn't that kind of the opposite though? Because like they put a lot more time into those bigger games. Yeah, and I a lot more I money. Expected, though. Yeah. Okay, I, yeah, I get. I was just say, it's just like, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I know that it took a lot of people to make, you know, even the smallest things in some of the later Mario games. Like Mario Odyssey looks amazing, and just even the little things in it are really cool. Um, but like, even the little animations. But yeah, you talk about like. I, I get what you're saying. Like, you're like, oh, this looks really good. And it's kind of colored by how much you know the difference in resources there are. Uh, but, I mean, I don't want to... I want to stress that a lot of time still goes into the AAA budget games. <laughs> yeah. But, again, it's just because at this point you... They just get hit harder when it looks bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like... It's kind of one of those like ukulele things where it's like ukulele got tons of money and then people were upset. <laughs> and then this one got tons of money and they did a good job. Even though it doesn't look as polished as ukulele, I will say that. Ukulele does look at least polished. I mean, ukulele's problem is that the world feels empty, which yeah. is like way, way bad for that kind of game. That's what like, I mean. like a big deal to me is content over graphics. Like, Right. I I don't care if it looks not so great if it plays good the amount of like I'm going to say screen clutter but they did it a lot with their with their level design they put stuff everywhere anytime there was like a yeah. boring patch they put grass or like some little rocks or something there I appreciated actables that do nothing but give you a little line of silly good I appreciated the uh, like the aesthetic design of the mafia world where you have sort of this like water volcano and it's got all this sort of uh, vaguely Italian architecture and there's like the very bright ocean spanning out and there's islands in the distance and there's like hot air balloons floating around like it's very yeah uh, very busy. busy in a good way that makes you want yes. to look around in this sort of explorative flat 3D platformer game. In the sensationalist words, it feels alive. <laughs> mm. Yes, and that, and the uh, the, the like. haunted was... forest level was had some nice, oh. like, like the glowing stuff in the forest that was sort of purple and yeah. murky. It was very nice. It was yeah. in that game. It, it was legitimately fun, just sort of tree shop jumping in that level. Yeah, definitely. I actually didn't enjoy the treetop jumping because I think I've talked about this before. I don't do well with heights in video games as well. Like Interesting. Having to do those high jumps, I still get that feeling inside of like, ah, I, I don't understand it. I, 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 I actually have a fear, of, a fear of heights also, but um, I don't know if it's just like a me thing or it's an actual like, you know, what is it? what's the word for it Agri- is it agoraphobia I, I don't know I don't know if I really have it agoraphobia is um, acro Acrophobia. sure oh. um, I actually cannot get up like a, so I used I used to do rock climbing and 
as in rock climbing is I tried it a few times and I can't get above like 15 feet in the air or my hands and my feet start hurting like not like stress hurting like physically hurting like and I start like my hands and feet start sweating really bad because I'm like like physically scared uh, the same thing happens with roller coasters and that kind of stuff um, if I let my hands and feet go up like everyone says to do like if my feet are on the ground I could be 10 miles in the sky looking down but if my feet are not firmly planted huh. just no I can't do it I can't even think about it like <laughs> my hands are getting a little sweaty now but uh, <laughs> so um, I have like, the same sort of fear of heights as you toaster but that's kind of why I like I really love actually verti- verticality verticality in video games because it's it's a, it's a safe way to explore that at least for me hmm okay it just uh I thought it was interesting the the fact that it, it managed to trigger you know set that off on me and I was like oh guess we're dealing with this now yeah I've never had that happen in a game though like a game has never done that to me because right. for me it's like an actual physical thing like I can be in an airplane fine but yeah. on the seventh floor and I'm fine with like staring yeah. out my window like doing the jump over like an empty pit was weird yeah but, it always felt like I didn't actually notice like a lot of the graphical clipping and stuff like that because I was so involved in the world that they had built up. Like the when the forest is on fire, everything feels red and fiery and actually like it feels warm instead of just like oh they just set the forest on fire, whatever. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of half surprised they didn't just set every level on fire after both the mafia and the forest did that. <laughs> The point I love why the mafia level is on fire is she turned on the lava fountains. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's that's another very I, to me it's clear reference to Mario Sunshine, and that one of the levels in Mario Sunshine there's a level where there's a there's a episode where it's just all covered in the in the lava slime goo, so it's like all yeah. on fire, and that seemed the, like the same yeah, gimmick. The paint. Except you're not cleaning it up for like social services or whatever you're you're what is it well no but that, um, that mario level they take away your uh, flood so you can't clean it up you have to platform around it yeah to... oh yeah I'm, yeah it's been a long time since i played sunshine i don't rum it's kind of weird just a little aside like i loved my gamecube but i don't really remember playing a ton of games on it that i was super into like I liked Double Dash, but I didn't like I didn't like it as much as sixty four. Um actually do have a question on that. Mm-hmm. Would you have played this game had it been the GameCube game versus a current game now? Absolutely. It could be a no. Like it could be a no for me because I don't know, like I don't my GameCube games were really just off the wall for me. Like I didn't have like it was weird like of course i had smash brothers right and i that was one of the first games i got and i had super mind sunshine but i didn't get a lot of like everyone had like these were super popular games i mean i had pikmin i loved pikmin but pikmin wasn't super popular as far as i remember um luigi's mansion everyone had that but like i didn't really have a lot on my gamecube hmm. um because like, i played i bought and played uh the chronicles of billy hatcher or whatever the hell Oh yeah, uh, and that's essentially like this, it, uh, but like, like not as good of a game. 
I mean, just kind of sort of like a 3D, sort of bright, shiny Mario game. It's, you know, not quite as polished as something Nintendo would, um, that team in Nintendo right. would make. Yeah, I I played The Hobbit. <laughs> I think I played that, that was good. too. Like, when a friend's house. The... Oh, yeah, I see. The actual movie. Uh, I'm a little upset, by the way. Uh, I, I'm going to go a little bit off of traffic. I did not get to see the developers that are not at, at POTS. But that's okay. I, oh. I, I really wish. I want to I wanna meet the people who made it Hat in Time. Because that game made me happy. I want to be there. They are English. They're English? Okay. <laughs> They'd have to well, fly. Canadians so... there. Uh huh. But. <laughs> I was gonna say, but overall, I like the graphics. Of the game. I thought it was cute as heck, and I like the actual characters, with the exception of you know Mustache Girl, which I'm ninety percent sure is intentional because man, she's terrible. <laughs> you know, you got no, like I, I actually didn't really sympathize with the whole like main villain of the game who's barely even there throughout the game, like. She, the mafia people were like murdering everyone and all she wanted to do was to stop them so like right. and they probably like murdered her parents like she's an orphan uh, I, at least I was making that connection I, uh, Batman like the, the <laughs> hack girl had the whole like heroes compulsion like no we must have responsible use of power or whatever that sort of like maintain the status quo at all costs sort of narrative that's in a lot of things. Um, I I was going to say, I kind of took it more as you just don't understand what you're playing with. Did you throw the timepiece down at the end or not? Of course. Fortran? I did, yes. I did not. Okay, so you throw the timepiece down, she's smiles and closes the door and walks off. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, there's um, there's no like scene or anything. If you don't throw the timepiece down, she shakes her head, tosses it over her shoulder and just slams the door shut. <laughs> <laughs> oh like, man, she had nah. such she had such a good sense of humor with no words. I love when people do that. It's just <laughs> she was a great character. They uh, they poke fun at the silent protagonist thing, but uh, did you guys find uh, Hat Girl's journal? I'm I upset did. about the journal actually, because you can't did... go back and read things. You can only read yeah, most recent. That's annoying. I guess that's like second place or something. Yeah, I'm, and I read it once, I'm, I think. What I'm gonna probably go do is just go look at the wiki and be like, "All right, give me all the journal entries." Not a bad idea. <laughs> right, so it's a lot of trouble just to go back and read it. Yeah, so <laughs> they're they're funny. So after the break with the mustache girl, and like after, right after you do the boss, uh, it's the uh, contract demon spirit guy. Uh, there's a journal entry that says, "What is it with people on this planet double crossing me? I'm not dumb." Yeah. <laughs> I like and, how she yeah. tries to modify the contract. Oh, she does totally. It was so funny. Yeah. She signed this contract to get out. She she 
he signs it for it. And she just kind of scribbles over everything and then signs. He's like, that, you know, that's not how contracts work, right? <laughs> Best friends forever, BFFs. Yeah, it was so funny. Like, he, he took her soul and tried to kill her. She's just like, be my friend. That's why I like, that's why I like, uh, Hat Kid. But no, she can't be the friend of the person who wants to, uh, to not be killed by a mafia. That's a, that's a bridge <laughs> too far. <laughs> oh man yeah i one thing i liked is they had the friend meter and it was like <laughs> friends and i was like i thought there was gonna be a thing in the game Wait, where and it this? just wasn't <laughs> and then like enemies oh huh. like the, the, the friendship meter with her fills up and then when she steals from you it like goes all the way left and breaks yeah it's just there that. for a one-off joke <laughs> I know. I thought it was going to be there more. Like I thought it was going to be an actual mechanic. Whatever. They it's, do a it's lot funny. of one-off jokes. I kind of like that. Yeah. Now it that that's one of the best things about this game. I think is that sense of humor where like they're willing to just do a joke here and there, and like the fact that like one of the bosses is like a possessed porta potty is just kind of funny. And it didn't make it like an outright like poop joke. It oh. was just a porta potty. That's very good. I, I was gonna say in in contrast to Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> oh God, yeah, like they they did a decent job trying, uh, you know, keeping it. It's honestly very family friendly, I think. Right. Um, like a hand time is definitely it's it's not got the level of polish that like an actual Mario platformer was, but I liked it and embraced that and sort of took a few more risks and with the writing. And like, had, sure, yeah, had more of a character to it than you know generic Mario games generally do. There's this like text RPG it, in one of the computers on her spaceship, and uh, yes, you like go I through played it that a couple times, yeah. And it's like telling you like there's a character in that clearing. His name is Seven Conclusions, and then you have the options to go south, go north, or jump to conclusions. <laughs> I didn't actually just check that out. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was all sorts of weird stuff. Like there was like a giant tiger beast that you could kill with a sword and stuff. It was like <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, I played that quite a bit actually. Um, I don't think there was a timepiece associated with it. At least I never found one. No, you could get all forty without. But the fact that it's not even there for any specific purpose, just because they wanted to put something silly in front of the game. Right, okay. yeah. I like that. It's a very Kickstarter yeah, was... feature to have. Yes. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, I was I was yeah, it was it was very very well done. Um I uh I think we touched on everything aside from, you know, sort of like ending out the story and our and our final thoughts. Do you guys have anything else before we go into heavy spoilers? Uh, uh no, we're we're in spoilers yeah. at this point. Yeah, we're pretty much. Oh, well, we, yeah, we've been in spoilers, so, and I normally would say at the beginning of the podcast, but I forgot. <laughs> no, I, I spoiler warn people. Good. <laughs> um, so like, uh, like I said, the, the we all said like the bosses are kind of tough, but like basically at the end, you end up sort of fighting Mustache Girl to get all your time pieces back, which is like a buttload of time pieces. <laughs> it is intense. More than forty timepieces, I should note. Like there's, yeah. I guess she like went back in time and 
multiplied them. I think it actually counts as one. Well, no, she actually says she's been going around collecting them, and she actually got more than you. Um, was the deal? Oh yeah, because oh. she was going to try grabbing as many as she could. Yeah, so like she actually explains, no, she actually went out and that's what she was doing is grabbing all of them uh, that she could. And you, you're, like, getting, like, one at a time and helping people along the way. Sort of, like, enjoying the journey. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. Or, or you know, being, cons- you know, consigned with your soul <laughs> to get some to, of the time pieces. You go to this final level, and it's very much Bowser's Castle. And it's got, like, this yeah. line of all the NPCs from the game, and they're, like, being sentenced for crimes. And there's this very much most Bowser's... Castle, like sort of platforming section over lava, of course. That platforming section was kind of difficult. I actually didn't have problems with it. Are you, are you, wait, wait, no, no, no. I'm thinking of the train. No. Well, the train was hard if you're trying to do the extra, the extra achievement. The train was stressful, I'll say, because <laughs> the ground was like being stripped away underneath you, and there's the, the it's, I timed levels, man. I always sort of yeah. There's a few where I jump every time, despite the fact that I was knowing something was there. Right. I was like, uh, yeah, oh, I you make it. Good. Yeah, like there was. I don't know. I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed those kind of more fast-paced uh, platforming sections. Um, in fact, like one of the games that I'm going to suggest we play in a future uh, side quest is Odd World. Uh, if you guys never played that, oh, that and it PS kind of rem- one? um, I don't think Abe's Odyssey, I think we can. Tr- yeah, Abe's Odyssey, but I don't. Yeah. I don't mean New and Tasty. New and Tasty, which is a remake of Odyssey, I think it changes it oh. maybe a little too much. I think it actually dumbs it down. I think. I wouldn't know. I think it does. Uh, well, I played both, and it's been a while since I played New and Tasty, but I played Odyssey tons uh odd world is one of my favorite series also um but but it, there's there's certain sections in odd world that are very similar to that train scene in the last fight where not last fight but that last sort of like gauntlet that you're talking about where it's like fast paced and you kind of have to memorize what you're doing and where you're going um like that that kind of like frantic platforming is very appealing to me because they do that in odd world <laughs> and yeah. I loved it. It's like so exciting. You die constantly in odd world. It's just one of the things. Right. And like, it was sort of like a trial and error, like, Oh no, no, I got to do this. But like when you figured out something without dying, like just a single piece that felt so rewarding, it was, uh, it kind of reminded me of that. It's like, okay, like I'm, I'm like, taking what i learned and just applying it like here is like here's your final test of of, of this game right now and i, I kind of like that uh and a lot of things it's like a boss fight of your platforming skills yeah right because like it doesn't have to be a fight the kind of uh, thing the the mountain world sort of felt like that because it didn't really have a right. unifying mechanic of its own it was just sort of mixing and like the dimensional mechanic and the grappling hook and all that jazz it seemed to be like the final test of like let's see if you remember how to use everything and then we're also going to mix it up just a little bit right yeah and throw something at you you got to think on your feet like yeah that kind of stuff I actually really enjoy that kind of thing I love the twilight bell oh my gosh that was probably my favorite favorite one in terms of like 
it's a straightforward challenge, but at the same time, some bits that were really kind of like, how do I do? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no place that actually explains the whole purple is something that's physically you need to make disappear. So I was. No, you just kind of do it. <laughs> Yeah. Whenever I see it. like a like an outline of a, of a sh- of a platform in a video game, I'm like, oh, it's the it's the dimension mechanics. Like, oh, it's Metroid Prime. You got to switch to the invisibility visor or whatever. Huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a very common thing. You you are right. Like especially um, Nintendo games in particular. Yeah. Like the the lens yeah. of truth uh, they always do. Yes. Like if you see like snow, uh, even snow the, falling the new... on an invisible surface, and you do the lens through, it's like, oh, it's there. Even the two D platformer Mario's do that. Uh, wasn't that one of the mechanics in like the the famous um, Twilight level in New Super Mario Bros. U? I'm gonna be honest, didn't play that one either. Yeah, I didn't okay. play <laughs> Wii U games. I need I need to have a a, tri- uh, a clip of the, the guy from Star Wars that pulls out the staff and says "traitor." The only thing <laughs> the only thing I can uh, think of specifically that had like an invisible mechanic is uh, Koga's gym in Pokemon, and the new uh, version yeah. in, in Let's Go Pokemon they changed it up to have like fog that wouldn't go into the invisible walls because they, you know, fog can't go into walls. Oh man. Um, I know this is a huge sidetrack, but you're talking about Pokemon. Our D&D campaign has been doing Nintendo-themed dungeons. Uh, I've talked about this a couple times. Um, we just did the Pokemon dungeon, and it was hilarious. Um, so my brother's the DM, and he's, of course, he, he made, like, six pedestals. There's seven of us in the party. So the six people to open the door stood on the pedestals, and the seventh person ended up being a trainer, for each of the other person being a Pokemon. <laughs> so I'm playing Nil, which is my mirror image of Link sort of character that I'm playing. Just and also sort of the like character from Horizon Zero Dawn who murders people. Go, go <laughs> on. Um, so like, he, <laughs> like I would throw out my party members for different fights, but like the first fight was like, you know, like the the, the young boy or whatever from the Pokemon games, like, that stands there, and he's like, hey, we're going in a battle. And, like, my brother was like, so, like, my Nil character is very outgoing, the opposite of Link, in that way. And he just walks up and says, hi! And then, like, he's like, I challenge you to a duel! And my brother starts to say, you feel the world kind of swirling around you in this illusionary magic, so, like, we're going into a battle, like, the da 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 And I was like, I stab him in the throat. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> anyway, and then and then I crit and killed the little boy with the pokeball, and I stole a Squirtle and ran off. <laughs> Wait, what? Anyway, oh. you know, honestly, I just you said Pokemon. This has happened Thursday. <laughs> honestly, that that would be a better Pokemon game than the actual ones if you could <laughs> take a freaking starter Pokemon like, when you see it. It, or like you see a trainer and like the you lock eyes that means a trainer battle. It's like you could just say no, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but overall, I enjoyed my time with this game. I'm a, yeah, I'm a little upset that it, again ended kind of so soon. 
because the only thing I have left is the like 100% all the uh, what's it called? 100% all the actual Time. achievements. But uh, oh yeah, ooh, some of those achievements are hard. Well, there's a ton of collectibles I... in this game too. Beyond just yeah. the uh, stars. Oh yeah, I have to the, find like the tokens. Two more and tokens because I'm missing some. They give you like reskins. Uh, like that was one the thing that was nice about it, as opposed to a Mario game. Or I guess Odyssey had this, but you could like put on different different uh, different shaped hats and different uh, color palettes for your character. Um, unfortunately, right. I am gonna have to if I want to really 100 percent the game, I have to restart my game. Right, because um, you're. Because the badge glitch, and one of the badges, one of the achievements is get three badges equipped. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not too that's not too much work though. You can usually just fly through a couple levels. Yeah, but yeah, overall it's good. Hold on a moment. All right. Um, is there anything else left to talk about for Hat in Time? Like I just, it was just a good experience overall. I think it was great. Um. I will say that it's it's not going to top Mario 64 or Banjo-Kazooie for me, but uh, it's great. It's better than ukulele. <laughs> I'll tell you that <laughs> firsthand. Um, uh, it's just like, I don't know. I loved I loved my time with it, but and it did, I, I know it was short, but it kind of didn't overstay its welcome for me. Like, it didn't feel grindy at any point. Like, I actually enjoyed my time and I was done. Um, and that's that's something to be said for games sometimes where they drag on too long and it's just like, okay, I'm done. Like, can we just stop? Uh, and I think, uh, this game definitely didn't overstay its welcome. And I, I appreciate it for that in some ways. Well, I do want more. The fourth world was just, uh, I mean, they didn't have any new mechanics for it. So it was just sort of that re- review exam of the previous parts of the game that we were talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. so they would have need, needed to introduce like a new badge or gimmick or, platforming feature. That right. said, I will absolutely play the DLC when it comes out. On, on, I mean, uh, it's it's platforms. out on the PC. I may or may not. I've got so many games I'm playing right now. Like I've normally only ever juggle two or three games. I think I am legitimately juggling eight games I'm playing off and on right now. I mean, if you want to buy it for me for the PC, sure. <laughs> hey, uh, Hat and Time developers, give us your breakfast. Uh, I'm not ungrateful like Fortran. I'm on console, and I would love to play your, I'm sure, immaculate DLC. Just, uh, just whenever, it's whenever not you that have I'm time. ungrateful. <laughs> yes. Just... No, feel, pe- feel free to, to, to hit, hit us up. <laughs> no, no, no. Take it from me. Give us your breakfast. PC players don't care about the DLC. Just, just feed me. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, cool! <laughs> oh, and the uh, just Alrighty. about the final boss. I thought it was clever how they would, how they like super ramped up the speed of everything. And, and yeah, it, like that was like, like a set piece. Like that was crazy because she would like slice like, like uh, anime kind of cuts in the glass, and it would stay there for like not in the glass, but just in in the in the air, and they looked like glass. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there'd be like eight of them crisscrossing on screen, and they delay, like detonate, and they like slice and hit you if you were in them. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Fortran, something I was gonna ask you to do, but I completely bailed and forgot. Um, yeah. And this is a heads up for everybody else too. The PC version of Hat in Time has allows mods and custom levels and things. 
And boy, howdy, are there some intense and cool and creative mods out there for Hat and Time. I may dive into that. I may not. I have only ever tried to mod two games in my whole life, and one of them was to translate it to English, which was Monster Hunter <laughs> uh, 2G or Freedom you know, Reunite before it came to the United States, and then Doom. Like, I only ever modded those two. There's a couple mods that add Nintendo or uh, Mario 64 stages to the game. Oh, that's cool. How would that that's cool. work, though? Because there's a double jump. <laughs> uh, Mario yeah, could essentially kinda... double jump by just double, jumping three times in a row. No, kind but you of... can double jump in midair. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm waiting for somebody to put a Doom level in or make Hat in Time play or Doom playable in Hat in Time. Wait, Y'all what? made it workable just... on a calculator, just make it work in Hat in Time. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious how small the file size is for Doom, and it's still such a great game. <laughs> just amazing. Uh, okay. Um, Haru, did you have anything else to close up on? Uh, no, I think we can probably introduce our. Yeah. Our new game, or next game. Um, so, um, personally, I, like I said, I loved Hat in Time, um, but I don't know if I said that or not. Um, I don't have a lot of wrap-up on it other than it's a lot like Banjo-Kazooie, and <laughs> it's kind of inspired from that era of game, so it makes sense, and it was enjoyable. Um, but uh, the the next game we're going to be playing is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Um, and we've all been playing this off and on since it came out. Um, I haven't been playing it as much lately, um, but I still do play it. Uh, I'm very excited for when Piranha Plant comes out, which should be soon, I think. I don't know what you're talking about, Fortuan. I, for one, am a S-list fighting game Smash player in all of the tournaments. Every single one. <laughs> I am not. I literally play random. Like, if so, I'm playing with people, I play random. One thing we need to do is we need to all actually fight together. Um, okay. That that it. sounds like a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played we'll this set game online because Nintendo decided to extort its three multiplayer games when you go online. Is it three now? <laughs> okay. Uh, but I'm excited for it. You all have a feel of the what? what? Okay. You guys are going to feel the wrath of the D, D, D. There isn't a D button on that controller. King DDD! <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, I will say my favorite in main is always going to be Bowser. <laughs> so I can I, understand. I used to say there's a lot of fighters, but there's only one king. But no, Nintendo took that from me. <laughs> now there's two kings. I'm upset about that. What, King King K. Rule? King Bowser? Bowser's no king, it's King DDD. Ganon is the king of evil, guys. He's been there forever. Uh, I thought it was the king of darkness. <laughs> He's the demon There's king. There's lots of king kings. Of, like, his translation changes for him. <laughs> right, the king of the Goros, yeah. Don't even get me started on fucking Calamity Ganon. <laughs> oh, <But>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that thing. Well, uh... Okay, all I have so to we'll say be playing Smash. Is that I'll see you guys next month for Smash. 
and the only letter I'll need is F, because I'm going to be p- paying some respects. <laughs> Jesus, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a heel turn. Oh, Don't worry about it. He went there. He went with the Call of Duty joke. Okay. <laughs> well, um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been Fortwan. You can catch me at Hunter's Hub Pod. Uh, you'll see a dash Fortwan at the end of that. Uh, well, you're going to see me post a lot of different things. Like, I've been doing my articles again. Uh, I'll be talking about gameplay stuff sometimes. Uh, I was making funny Mortal Kombat tweets. Not really. Just. I felt it was funny. It's not funny. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we will see you guys on that next quest and on that quest where we find you, Haru. I'm Anna Kane. Stay grand on Twitter. Not much is happening. Don't worry. Where are you, Toaster? Uh, you can find me around here at PAX and on the Twitters at Toasty Smiles. I'll be tweeting about PAX, but this isn't going out tonight, so I don't know why I'm saying this. <laughs> then let's go. I All wish right. I could go to PAX. I mean, I, it takes planning. I'm going to buy it.